time for the Ship Report, the show about all things maritime. I'm Joanne Rideout. It's Tuesday, April 12th, 2016. We have 14 vessels on today's Columbia River ship schedule. In our marine weather forecast, we have a small craft advisory for winds in effect from this morning through this afternoon. And today we'll talk about three men who survived an amazing shipwreck on a tropical island by writing help in the sand in big letters in seaweed. They were spotted by a Navy plane. But first, let's take a look at our Columbia River ship schedule. We have three inbounders, we have five in the Astoria Anchorage, and we have six outbounders heading downriver and out to sea. Our first arrival in the river is the Pan Amber. She's arriving from South Korea, headed for Rainier's Anchorage. She's going upriver to pick up a cargo of wheat at Longview. She'll pass Astoria around 1.30 a.m., and you might see her in Rainier, anchored on the south side of the river uh, at about 5 a.m. The Pixis is a car carrier arriving from Japan, headed for Portland. She's uh, carrying brand new Toyotas, and she will pass Astoria around 8.30 a.m., arriving at the port of Portland at about 2.30 p.m. The Shellduck is our next inbound vessel. She's a bulk carrier arriving from offshore, and she's headed for Longview's Anchorage. She's going to the port of Longview to pick up a cargo of pet coke. She will pass Astoria around 8.30 p.m. You might see her in Longview by midnight. In the Astoria Anchorage, we have the Lord Star. She is headed for Vancouver to anchor again there, uh, just outside that port. She's picking up a cargo of corn, soy, or wheat. That means she's going to backtrack a little bit and go to Kalama for that. She will um, leave the Astoria Anchorage around 7.30 a.m. and arrive in Vancouver around 1.30 p.m. The KN Forest is headed for Kalama carrying wheat, leaving around noon and uh, arriving in Kalama around 5 p.m. That leaves three ships awaiting orders in the anchorage, the Tiger Pioneer, the Liberty Island, and the Ermis. In our outbounders, those are the ships that are leaving port and heading down river and out to sea, the Crimson Knight is leaving the port of Kalama carrying wheat at about noontime. We might see her pass Astoria outbound around 5 p.m. The Saga Tide is leaving Vancouver at about 3.30 p.m., passing Astoria outbound around 9.30 p.m. The Clipper Endeavor is leaving Longview carrying logs, departing around 5 p.m., passing Astoria outbound around 8.30 p.m. The Glencoe Brittany is leaving Vancouver at about 5.30 p.m., passing Astoria outbound around 11.30 p.m. The T.Y. Point is leaving Portland carrying potash, departing around 10 p.m., passing Astoria outbound around 4 a.m. on Wednesday. And the Medi Sydney is leaving Longview carrying wheat. Leaving around midnight, she'll pass Astoria outbound in the wee hours of the morning around 3.30 a.m. on Wednesday. Well, in our marine weather forecast, we do have that small craft advisory for winds in effect From this morning through this afternoon, south winds today, 20 to 25 knots. We have wind waves from the south, about 5 feet high and about 6 seconds between wave crests, and westerly swells, 7 feet at 13 seconds apart. And so we've got those south wind waves and those westerly swells. You might see a little bit of confused seas activity out there as those two forces come together at 90 degree angles to one another. Well, I was reading one of my favorite uh, maritime websites, gcaptain.com. If you've never looked at this one, it's a really fun uh, maritime news portal all about what's happening in the maritime industry. And there are all sorts of interesting stories on there, and I love to browse through there and look for ideas for the ship report. So I was reading G Captain yesterday, and I saw this story, which at first seemed like it might be, well, maybe a hoax. But as it turned out, it was not a hoax, and these three lucky guys were rescued from a deserted island in the Pacific Ocean. So I'm going to read you a little bit from this story. 
Three men were rescued from a deserted island in the Western Pacific after a U.S. Navy patrol plane spotted the word HELP, H-E-L-P, spelled out on the sand in a real-life castaway drama. The drama began Monday when the three men set out on their 19-foot skiff from Pulop in the state of Chuk, Federated States of Micronesia. And apologies if, I'm, if there are any Micronesian folks out there if I'm mispronouncing these names wildly. Um, but the men reported that a few hours after their departure, their vessel was capsized by a large wave, and they spent the night swimming until they reached the uninhabited island of Fandadik, located approximately four nautical miles from Pulop. Coordinating the search, the U.S. Coast Guard enlisted the help of commercial vessels participating in the AMVER program and requested air support from the Navy to search the waters in the region. Three days later, the men were spotted by a Navy P-8A aircrew on Thursday as they waved life jackets and stood next to a large help sign made of palm leaves. The small boat, a small boat was then able to recover the men from the island with no reported injuries. The ingenuity of these men to build their sign and the preparedness of having life jackets also contributed to their safe rescue, said the Coast Guard in a statement. So, wow, there's a lot here in this story that I want to tell you about. First of all, um, the AMVER program. I've talked about this before on the Ship Report. AMVER is a program in which commercial ships, like the bulk carriers and car carriers and tankers and things that we see going on out of the Columbia, participate with the U.S. Coast Guard and help conduct searches um, in remote areas of the ocean where they are normally going. So uh, sh- these ships and shipping companies that participate in the AMBER program agree to divert from their, um, from their, their course from one port to another to, to assist in a rescue, and that's what was happening here along with uh, Navy and Coast Guard rescues look- rescuers looking for these people. So another phrase that stuck with me in this story is, they spent the night swimming. Can you imagine? They spent the night swimming. Now, granted, the water was warm, and they did have life jackets on, but they managed to stay together physically and emotionally and somehow swim to land in the dark. This is pretty amazing right there. Now, this kind of happy ending was made more likely by the warm water, of course, and the presence of mind of these three men to wear PFDs. I'm always telling you to do that. These guys did. um, Life jackets. And to keep swimming. And uh, they were also aware of the fact that there probably would be aircraft in the area, and that's why they made the sign on the beach. Also, someone on land apparently knew they were out on the water and reported them overdue because the Coast Guard mounted a big search for them. Now, this rescue, while being pretty dramatic, highlights actually some very basic tenets of getting through things things safely if something goes wrong while you are on the water. Now, being prepared, keeping your wits about you when something goes wrong, being ingenious in terms of using what's available in your environment to help yourself, and telling someone on land what your plans are in case you don't come back on time. Then they can send someone to help you. And those things, which any of us can do with a little bit of thinking ahead and a little bit of planning, could go a long way to saving any of our lives if we found ourselves in a similar situation. You've been listening to The Ship Report, the show about all things maritime. I'm Joanne Rideout. Thanks for listening. You can find a podcast of this program on my website at shipreport.net. Have a great day.